This is your Vineyard Podcast, and we are helping you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. I'm Pastor Kathy Smirla, and I have the privilege of serving as your host today with my friend, Pastor Abraham. You want to say hi, Pastor Abraham? Hi, I'm Pastor Abraham from India, friends with this church. Yeah, we Pastor Abraham is here for Light Up the Night for India, which is happening tonight. And we have enjoyed friendship with um, Pastor Abraham, Christ for India, his family for the last four or five years. And uh, Pastor Abraham is the founder of Christ for India. It's a national ministry with over 4,500 churches. I think it's 4550, right? 4550. Um, throughout the nation of India, so they have those thousands of churches. They've started many children's homes, schools, sewing centers for women, community center, and we're so glad you're here. And we're very excited about tonight. You've been watching the preparations for Light Up the Night for India. What do you think? I think that you have been working so hard to make a difference for for people like us in India. Yeah. You know, I'm so excited. I was telling Ranjit, you know, I wish that all people will work so hard like here to make a difference. Seriously, you're doing a wonderful job. Well, it is exciting. There's uh, today, just to set the picture for today, uh, it is a beautiful day. We have a bunch of people in the kitchen already preparing food. We have, we're cleaning carpets so things look good. We have a silent auction happening. They're going over media um, for the uh, for tonight, for the program for tonight. And so we're really excited about it and expect great things. But we're gonna chat and just talk about what's going on in India. So I thought of this question earlier. Uh, I don't actually even know the answer to it and there might not be, um, an everyday kind of answer, but what's like a what's a day in the life of Pastor Abraham? What does that look like for you? Well, I never thought of that, you know, like until you're asking me now. Yeah. A day like this will be like, you mean when I get up and yeah. clean like, my what teeth? Do? What do you do every day? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm up early. I'm a late night person, but even then I will get up early, you know, early around six o'clock and and then I'll do my morning devotions, my prayers and all that, and get ready, have my breakfast. And I'll all dress up and be ready for the day. Yeah. Because uh, you never know what could be coming across for you, you know, who is going to come and visit me, and what am I supposed to go. And so, you know, my day is packed from morning late at night. Yeah. So I go to the office and I'll meet with people, so many people wanting to see me. So they are asking almost every day is like people wanting to see me from different parts of the country. Oh, what do they want to see you about? They want to come. I'm like their father. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to come and share with me, you know, their problems, their needs, their challenges. It's like I'm just telling you, they think that I've got all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I, it might, I might need to pretend I do because they don't have any other place to go. If I am going to throw up my hands up in the air, I don't think it's going to work good for them. So I'll sit there and I'll listen to them and I'll be asking the Lord all along, yeah. say, God, 
what can I do for this man or a woman? And how can I help? You show me something, you know. And uh, it's very interesting. Invariably, people go back satisfied, joyful, thinking that they got the answer. You know, so that's that's a f full day. You know, and I spend time with my, you know, the staff in the church. Yeah. And I spend time with Ranjit, my son. I've kept him next door to my office. Yeah. So I can drag him out whenever I need. And uh, my wife Joyce is working there on a prayer deal. So it's so much of happening. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm not a workaholic, but I'm not lazy. I don't You're want to be lazy. I'm not. <laughs> like if I if I'm allowed to put my feet up and do nothing, I will not be upset. <laughs> I get it. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. But so what I what I think about when I hear you say people wanting to come and talk to you as their father, you're their pastor. And so even though you have this large organization with 4500 churches, all these schools, uh, sewing centers, all these different things throughout the country, you're still a pastor at heart. I, I think that is my greatest strength. Yeah. I'm not a manager, you know. I, I am not, uh, you know, running a. I'm not running a company. I I I'm a people's person. Yeah. I enjoy being with people. Some people don't like people, and some pastors don't. Yeah. You know, they they preach well on the platform, but they're no good after that. Well, may, I may not be a great preacher on the platform, but I enjoy people. Yeah. You know, I, I'm happy to talk to them. I'm happy to listen to them. And uh, I'm happy to laugh with them. You know, I'm not this great leader who is beyond your reach. You know, I'm not that kind. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. Refreshing. I want to keep it that way. That's great. I love that. And God has blessed it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask, uh, transition a little bit. I had the privilege of visiting the school in New Delhi, brand new school. It opened in April of 2023, and we were able to help be a part of starting that school. And so tell us how it's going. Well, you know, like we, we were a bit late starting the school. Normally, you should be taking the admissions the, the year before the school starts, that's around November, December. For instance, now it's the time for us to take the students for next year, right. for next April. So we couldn't, the building was not ready. But I, I insisted because they, some of them were saying, no, let's just let it go for this year. We'll do it next year. I said, no. Oh, you insisted on opening I insisted on starting it. I said, I don't care how many children we get. and. Uh, People were amazed that we got 150 kids. Yeah. You know, I was upset, but they were amazed. <laughs> because I was telling them we got to have 300 students. And it's almost like catching the moon. But I said, well, that's what faith is all about. Right. But anyway, I think I was left alone in that faith. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody joined me. But anyway, they were happy, and I'm happy at the end of the day. But this time... We are believing God for a total of 500 students. For starting in? In April. April. April 2024. Okay. And I'm believing that if we can 
hit that I think we should. And I am I'm insisting that. You know, I'm telling them, no way out for you guys. You know, don't come and tell me, oh, we did this, we did that, we are ending up with 350. No, it's not acceptable. I said, you, we got to find this 500 so because I have a calculation, you know, in my mind, in how this should work, the way that I believed. You know, yeah. you remember that I shared with you, why this school? Yeah. Why so much of money? Right. Because we believe that this school should be getting on to the place of 2,000 students where this should become a, a funding project for the, for the organization. And I, you may recall, we might get more than 50% right, of the funds that we need that we are trying to raise from abroad. Right. So that's so for me, for that, I want five hundred students this coming year. Right. You know, they don't see that that way. Because they are looking at, oh, everybody got only 300, we got 350, so we are doing well. I said, no, it's not everybody else. It's me and my school and my vision. Yeah. So that's what I tell them. So we are excited. The school is going great, looks so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I was excited when we came in April before you even opened. Uh, you decided that you had space, so you were going to start, you started a community center. Yeah. And there were quite a few kids in the community center. About 50 kids, you know. Yeah. They come every day and we teach them. And This is know, after school, right? After the school. And we do a bit of, a little bit of a sewing center yeah. as well. Yeah, I remember. You know? It was amazing. And they come and we teach them, you know, basics of the education, the school, you know, the little kids. And we feed them. They come for that yeah. more than the learning side. Yeah. And uh, we got a nice snack for them to eat and go home. We sent the buses, you know, and that's also fun for the kids. Yeah. You know, I hey, the bus is coming bus, and yeah. getting us from our house. Yeah. So that is also exciting for them. Yeah. And we wanted to continue that. You know, when the school gets bigger, we wanted to expand our community center as well. We wanted to reach out to more kids. Right. And become truly a blessing for them. And it's free, correct? It is free. Yeah. Everything's free. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I was very excited to see that. Yeah. Um, that so now there's two community centers, right? Yeah. One yeah. in the slums one in and school, one right one in, in New Delhi. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and so we this year are talking about if you come to light up the night, uh, we're gonna hear about a school in Hapur. Am I Hapur? Hapur. Yeah, right. saying it right. I'm saying it right. Yeah. Um, which is an established school for 20 years, correct? You've been, yeah. this is a school. And so tell us a little bit about that and why the need to expand. Well, to begin with, the, the extremists never wanted our school to be in town. That's where it all began. Yeah. And when we started the school, you know, the people wanted, you know, it all began, the guy comes to me, and a Hindu guy comes and asking, begging me to start a school. Because, you know, people need to know that in a Hindu country like India, the best schools in the country is run by Christian organizations, mostly Catholics and other Christian organizations. Yeah. And we have a reputation because of the British influence. The best schools are the Christian schools. The best hospitals are the Christian hospitals. Yeah. 
you know. And so when somebody dies, the final place will be a Christian hospital. And, uh, but that is the common man's desire, whereas the extremist think that we will ultimately convert the people and uh, we will sway the community after us. So that is what they think, which is true. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> but we don't want to show that to them. Right. So they were fighting from day one. Yeah. You know, they, they threatened us. I still remember they shut me in a room and they pulled the gun out and they threatened uh, to kill me if I don't leave town. You know, I, I don't budge for those things yeah. because uh, I've been in places where they could have killed me. But I know that God is in control of my life and nobody can touch my life until God says it's time. Right. So I don't get carried away with all this stuff and I said, no, I'm planning to stay. So with, with all these odds from these groups, not the common man, we built this school, you know. But did you say it was an extremist who came to you and said he wanted yeah, you to build a school? Yeah. Well, they want, yeah, well, that was a guy who wanted a school. He's, yeah. a, he's a Hindu man. Yeah. But there's a, he, the extreme groups are there that are fighting against Christianity oh, okay. in any shape or form. And uh, then we grew. You know, as I said, it's an uphill task. Yeah. It could have happened so easily in, in other places. But we kept growing and growing and growing, and finally this year we came to 1,400 students. It's unbelievable. They could not believe the people around us. Yeah. You know, they could not believe how this happened. We tried everything to stop them, and they're still growing, right? And also we established a rapport with the government officials in town. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, like we built a pavilion, like a big shed. Oh, it's beautiful. You know? Yeah. And that, that's to do time, during the time of the COVID. And people were dying, they were attacked by the COVID, they had no place. So I sent a letter to the administrator of the district, saying, it's a lady, I saying to her, I'm willing to spare our pavilion and you can use it as a hospital. Really? I didn't know that. For the, for the COVID-affected people. She was flabbergasted because she said late, later, only we have to go and squeeze and put pressure, bring the police and take the place by force. But here is a man writing to me voluntarily, wanting to give his space, and I thought it should be a shack. That's what she said. So she said to me, I want to come and visit the place. Sure, please come. It was brand new. We have yeah. not used it for anything else. Yeah. She came, the police chief came, the education department chief came, everybody came. She walked in, she looked around and she said, wow. And she said, I have to confess, I did not expect a place like this. She had low expectations. <laughs> he said, we could put 400 beds yeah. there. And it's really, it's she said, really what about the beds? I said, we will buy the beds for you. Wow. I said, we wanted to help the community. We are not here. We are not a money-making institution, trying to get some money from the little kids. We wanted, she was amazed. She said, 
I'm so grateful for what you've done. But they didn't want it at the end because they had two other places offered. Oh, and by the time okay. the COVID started coming down. Okay. And, okay. But we built our reputation. Right. right. You know, she said, and uh, they, whenever they have got something going on, they come in, they want us. If the police want to stay somewhere, they'll come to our school. You know, because if the election is going on, a huge contingent of police come. But everything, what I'm saying is, so we established our position there. And I believe that's one of the reasons why the children are also coming. And now we came to a place, there's not even room for one more child. Right. So that's where we have to turn towards our friends, our family in Mishawaka. I, and you came and I showed you the place. Yep. And uh, this is an emergency because we're expecting at least three to 400 students coming, joining us this coming year. That oh, in April of next year? Yeah. Oh, that's so why you want to open it in wanted April to of, build okay. it. Yeah. So we are planning to build this building, which will be the first stage yeah. for which you're going to raise funds for tonight. I believe with all my heart against any arts that is there, which I don't know, but God will supply our needs. I believe that with all my heart. Yeah. And God will give us, we need about $200,000 to build this first stage of 10,000 square feet building yeah. that can have up to 400 to 500 students. So that's what we are aiming at. And. Uh, they yeah. build, you build things fast in India. Yeah, I have, by yeah. faith, yeah. by faith I told Pastor Mark, I want you to dedicate that building. He said, three months, yeah, that's how we are. Yeah, Pastor Mark, if you, uh, which you probably are not aware, is planning on heading to India um, for a visit um, this spring. So, yeah. yeah. So I think we're That'll going to exciting. have a fantastic time. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Pastor Abraham, if anyone can do it, with the Lord's help, you can do it. Yeah, I believe yeah. that with all my heart. Yeah. Oh, back to the school in New Delhi, speaking of that. Uh, when I was there, you were just starting to build the auditorium for the school, which is also the church yes. for your New Delhi church. And you finished that, and how, how quickly did you finish that? Well, you won't believe So that. fast. People it was never believed. Well, you know, the contractors, they could not believe. We finished it in four months. Yeah. They said you can't finish less than 18 months will be the minimum. Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah. They said, but we need the auditorium. So we got to have it up and running. Yeah. So we were able to do that. So with that background, with that thing in my mind, I had the audacity to tell Pastor Mark, you will be dedicating be our building. building. Yes. Okay. Well, if anyone can do it, you and God together, I think make a pretty good team. Well, let me ask, what, uh, what's the biggest challenge you and your churches are facing today? You know, it's just a, one simple question, but it cannot be answered with a simple answer because... The biggest challenge, what could it be? Like, we are facing a government that is totally against us. Yeah. I mean, there have been governments against us before, but not what we are facing today. What we are, we are facing today is, you know, unbelievable, unexplainable attack on the Christians today. 
pastors are in jail. You know, attack in the worship service inside the church, but never happened before. So there's so much of fear. And uh, that's the biggest challenge I face, is to be able to, you know, encourage and comfort my pastors, to stand with them, tell them that this will not last forever. You know, things will change, have to change. And uh, so that is the biggest challenge we have, is survival. Yeah. You know, surviving in a hostile country hostile group of people. That is the biggest challenge we have. Yeah. How can we pray for you? Well, pray that God will give the strength and the faith and courage for the pastors. A divine protection, nothing less can keep us. Yeah. So pray that God will protect us. God will miraculously provide for our people. You know, there'll be enough food on the table for their children. You know, and uh, the church should stay. Yeah. You know, it should not fall apart. I don't think it will fall apart. Otherwise, we would have fallen apart a long time ago. Right. But we are still there. How can we pray for you specifically? Just you pray. I just lately had a bit of a problem with my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, not much. You know, there's a kind of a blockage in the artery, and they put a stent on it. And But I, I'm almost 90%. Yeah. But I need strength because I believe that uh, I have a long way to go. I have a lot more to give. Yeah. You know, not only to my people, but I'm involved in so many other things in the country. You know, I'm the president of this, I'm the chairman of that, you know, of the whole nation. And I believe that uh, God should give me a few more years to yeah. live. And that's what I would request you to pray for me. Well, we can do that. We can do that. I want to end with something a little bit uh, a little bit different. Um, and I'm calling it the speed round. I'm going to ask 10 questions kind of fast. I don't want you to think about it too long. I just want you to give the answer that pops into your head. Okay, this is just so we get to know you a little bit more on a... Um, it's not deeply spiritual or anything like that. It's just for fun. So yeah, get to know you as a guy. Okay, are you ready? Yes. All right. So no looking ahead at the questions. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite food? Well, it's butter chicken. Butter chicken. Yes, ma'am. Is that an Indian dish? It's an Indian dish. I not think we can too... get it at Trader Joe's. Yeah, Jones. you can get it. It's not too hot. It okay. is mild. You would enjoy it. Okay, butter chicken. Do you prefer texting people or talking to people? Only talking to people. I, I know. Don't like you texting. don't text at all. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I knew the answer to that one when I wrote it down. Do you have a nickname? Yeah, my nickname is Babuji. Can you Babu-ji? say Babuji? Yeah, Babuji. What does that mean? Babu is actually like a father. Okay. Ji is a term of respect. Okay. So my dad gave me that name. You know, yeah. so uh, that became my nickname. So people will call me Babaji. Okay. So Babaji, what's your favorite day of the week? Well, Sunday is the favorite day. I love it. I love Sunday, you know. It yeah. is pretty strenuous, but I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Bible verse? Well, that is for God so loved the world. John chapter 3, verse 16. Is that your favorite? That's my favorite. All right. 
On a scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you? I 11. have to admit, I partly put 11. this eleven. <laughs> I've never seen you drive anywhere. Can you do you drive? Yeah, I drive well. Joyce, if you ask your wife, Joyce thinks I'm one of the best drivers. She will sit and travel. Really? Yeah, but lately I'm not driving because we got drivers. You don't like me to drive. What? Yeah, you don't like me to drive me you around. So I'm a good driver, e easily, easily eight. Okay, all right. Um, let me see. That's again the same. Oh, one. I asked the same. Oh, uh, what country have you visited that has been your? What's your favorite country to visit? Well, I have to say USA. Sitting in in Mishawaka. What? <laughs> how can I say about another, any other country? Okay, pretend that but, Mishawaka but doesn't count. But I love the people here. Yeah. I enjoy it. You know, they're pretty open. Yeah. And they're good. People used to ask me, do you go to states? And don't you feel horrible about the things that goes wrong? And they'll come up with all the bad things. And I tell them, I don't know where they are. Yeah. Because uh, my America is church, Christians, yeah. lovely people. Yeah. I don't want to go and find out what the wrong, what the wrong thing they, they do because I'm not involved with them. Yeah. So I enjoy the America that I know. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's very good for me. That's good. Um, where do you want to go that you haven't been? Well, that's a good question. Somewhere in Africa. Oh, have you ever been to Africa? I've been to. I've been to Congo. Okay. You know, Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, I would like to visit a few African countries. Okay. You know, yeah. to see that part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And last question, why should someone, because we still have some tickets available to light up the night, why should someone come to light up the night? Well, I hope they are listening to the podcast today. I, think I don't know if one, they are. <laughs> number yeah, they are. one, Good. you know, you better buy those tickets. We were, <laughs> we are left with tickets, a shame. And the other thing is, you have to come because we have to build this building. So your coming is not just your presence, but your heart, your generosity, your giving. And we are praying and believing God because Pastor Kathy is saying that some of the great givers are not found there, we don't know where they are. And I'm saying we're not looking at the great givers. I always remember about a statement by my friend. He is no more. His name is Ralph Mahoney. He was running a huge organization called World Map. And we talked to each other, you know, he's an American, and he said to me like this, Abraham, the 90% of all the missions giving in America is given by the Lolas. I didn't know, what, what, what do you mean Lolas? He said L-O-L-A, I said, okay, I heard that. And he said that means loving old ladies of America. Hmm. I said, 90%? He said, that's exactly, it's not from the millionaires. And this country is reaching out to the world with a mission. Yeah. And he said, funds are coming. And I believe that with all my heart. So I look at this, this light up the night of, for India. I'm not looking at a bunch of, of you know, millionaires sitting and saying, I'll give you $500,000. Well, praise the Lord, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but I believe that the small giving makes a big difference. It's the heart that matters. It's the heart that matters. Let me just say one more thing, you know. 
uh, where the guy from a magazine, an editor was doing an interview on me. He asked lots of questions like you're asking. Finally, he wanted to put me in a spot. And he said to me like this, Abraham, you are only allowed to ask only one question, one thing from these people of this country. What will you ask? Not two, only one thing. He put me, you know, so if it is two, you can say, I want your prayers and your money. You know, you, know, just you build into it. But he said only one thing. And suddenly God gave me a wisdom. I said to him, you know, I said, Ken, if I am allowed to ask only one thing, I'll ask your people to give me their heart. Hmm. He said, what do you mean? What, explain that to me. I said, simple. I said, whatever you give, if your heart is not in it, I don't want it. But even what little thing you have got to give, if you have got your heart in it, I will put out my hands and receive it with gratitude. Because that makes a big difference. And I believe that as you come tonight for this event, I'm looking for your heart. I'm not looking at your pocket. Because heart is bigger than the pocket. Yeah. And God can do great things. I believe that, I believe that with you, Kathy, I think the Lord is going to do great things tonight. I do as well. I do as well. Thank you so much. That is the perfect way to end. So uh, thank you, Pastor Abraham, for being here. We're so grateful that Ranji is able to be here tonight as well. And we're grateful for your partnership. It makes us um, better, I think. It makes us better to widen our picture of the world and the family of God. And so you help us do that. So thank you very much. Thank you, friends, for listening to me. Yep. Thanks, Vineyard. And we will see you tonight, hopefully, and this weekend.